Hello, welcome everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 5, Bloody Mary. Directed by Peter Ellis and written by Eric Kripke. We are natural, <laughs> natural, natural friends. friends. We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean. We're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Super natural friends. Super natural friends. Remember, spoilers ahead. This week on Supernatural, Sam and Dean go toe-to-toe with one of the most famous urban legends, Bloody Mary, when a 12-year-old girl hosting a slumber party accidentally has her dad killed by Bloody Mary, the boys investigate. Little did they know, their battle with this monster of the week would bring dark secrets to light. So, right away, we know exactly what we're up against this episode. We know from the beginning it's Bloody Mary. Do you guys want to dive into Bloody Mary right now? Or do you want to save it a little bit? Well, I'm curious, what what experiences have you guys had with this specific? Because I definitely have some memories um, as a kid with this specific uh, well, you, you tell us yours. Legend. Um, I don't, not a whole lot, but I definitely specifically remember in elementary school just talking about it and how it's a thing. And we had a downstairs bathroom um, with no windows. Like, so if you turned the lights out, it was like pitch black. So like the kids are always like, oh, if you go in there and say that, um, you know, I don't even remember what the consequence was. I thought like somebody just showed up in the mirror or something like that, which is terrifying to a elementary school kid. But uh, I don't remember them being like, oh, your eyes are gouged out and they disappear or whatever. Yeah, I always heard the eyes scratched out version. You you did? That was yeah. how you heard it? Oh, yeah. wow. I, Bruce, same as you, I just heard that, like, she appeared, and, like, that's scary enough, you don't need to die. <laughs> um, so, uh, that's crazy. I, I was wondering if the eye scratch out thing was uh, an actual urban legend passed around, because I yeah. didn't hear that. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different versions, but, yeah, I, I was the eye scratched out. Do so you guys want to hear what I found? Yeah, let's hear what it actually was, apparently. <laughs> All right. So, a Bloody Mary is a cocktail containing vodka, tomato juice, and other spices and flavorings, including Worcestershire sauce, hot sauces, garlic, herbs, horseradish, celery, olives, salt, black pepper, lemon juice, lime juice, or celery salt. Are you going to... I hope... Please just put the music behind that as well. Just really put me in the mood. The details of the Bloody Mary game tend to vary, but the basic tenets are always the same. The participant enters a darkened room with a lit candle. She or he looks into a mirror while chanting Bloody Mary's name or a phrase a specific number of times. If the ritual is performed correctly, Bloody Mary might either appear in the mirror, reach out of the mirror and scratch the participant's face, or be released from the afterlife to haunt him or her forever. Other versions of the story include the mirror dripping blood, the participant's hair turning white, or the participant disappearing without a trace. Sometimes the ritual involves chanting simply Bloody Mary, whereas other versions involve chanting I believe in Bloody Mary, or even I killed your baby Bloody Mary. There's a lot of discrepancy on the origin of Bloody Mary, why the name Bloody Mary. Some people attributed it to Mary the First. There's another Mary Worth, all kinds of different origins. But 
This is an excerpt from a book by folklorist Alan Dundies. He tried to dive into the origin of Bloody Mary and he collected 10 different texts from some of his, I believe that they were his students, and this is one of them. So this is someone's story with their experience on Bloody Mary. So Bloody Mary during recess at school, you go into the girls' bathroom. Your friends wait outside because only one person is allowed in at a time. One girl stands at the door to turn out the lights once you're positioned in front of the mirror. Once the lights are out, you close your eyes and turn around three times. Then you open them and stare straight into the mirror and chant, Bloody Mary, show your fright. Show your fright the starry night. You have to chant slowly so she has time to come from the spirit world. Then you wait to see her face. Once you see her, you have to run out of the bathroom where your friends are waiting. If you've sinned or done anything evil in your life, then you will have three scratches of blood on your cheek. I thought that was interesting. I never heard the version where if you'd sinned or done something evil, and I think that kind of applies to the version that's in the episode pretty well. But this book is called Bloody Mary in the Mirror, Essays in Psychoanalytic Folkloristics. There'll be a link to the excerpt in the episode notes. So all of these monsters that we've talked about so far have been relatively terrifying. But this one, I don't know. I don't, there's something about the urban legend that like, even when you were talking and reading about it and like talking about it, like it's creepy, like it physically creeps me out. And I don't know, like, I can't pinpoint why. I don't know if it's because like, nobody knows where I came from. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like you read there, like there's speculation, but there's no, like, it wasn't like, Oh, there's a story, a book that it comes from. There's no like history behind it. It's just, it developed. And it's just, I don't know, just something about that mystery just makes this like more terrifying. Yeah, and I think it also comes from, this is probably the first episode that we've had personal connections to the Monster of the Week. So we've all had some experience, and that experience was probably when we were young children. Um, So just even like listening to the story or seeing an episode featuring Bloody Mary kind of brings you back emotionally a little bit to whenever you were dealing with the game Bloody Mary and starts to bring back some of that fear. Yeah, I think childhood definitely plays a big part in it. I thought it was interesting from the, the actor's perspective, of especially the girls at the beginning, how the 12-year-old girl acting and saying Bloody Mary in the mirror probably didn't need to act too much. That's creepy. But like, I'm sure after 100 takes, it was <laughs> more acting. <laughs> Got but the, first, the first time, it's just like, oh, that's, do I really need to do this? Like, you might be filming my death. Like, it's... Right, it's the unknown of it, face. because you're like, obviously nothing's going to happen. But there's that like little bit of like, but what if, you know what I mean? That's in your head. And you're like, there's no way to prove that it's not going to happen unless you're. So, Bruce, I'm curious to hear from your perspective. Um, Did you think the little girl was going to die? There's a lot of patterns in this show already. And that the opening scenes do usually end up. I think now that I'm thinking about it, they usually do end up dying. So I don't know what I thought in the moment. Yeah, probably. I probably thought she was going to die just because the the way the show the episodes have been laid out. Um, Greg, what do you think about the jump scare in that scene when the girl, like, oh, uh, uh, the bang on the doors? I more or less saw that coming uh, after I realized she wasn't going to die because I've seen it before, but I have a terrible long term memory, and I I did think she was going to die, uh, or or not uh, not necessarily die, but like maybe be attacked. I forgot that it was her dad. But either way, I, I figured a jump scare was coming, which I'm not a fan of. And it didn't really get me. Like I said, I knew something was coming. And then as soon as you see the door, it's not scary. So, mm-hmm. Bruce, I like our version best. I think it makes it essentially more believable. <laughs> if there was an urban legend of like 
if someone genuinely killed you through a mirror, <laughs> it wouldn't be an urban legend. It would be, don't ever say this. <laughs> but like the, oh, you might see Mary's ghost in the mirror. It actually, I think, one, is more believable. But two, because it's more believable, it might even successfully trick a young kid's brain into thinking like, oh, what was that? That might have been her. Um, so I, I really like the version of like, you just see her, not mm-hmm. she'll scratch your eyes out and you'll die. <laughs> yeah. And I actually read a little bit about that in the, the companion book to season one, where they talked about why they went with the version of Bloody Mary that they did it was to kind of make it more believable in that not everyone's, if everyone's being killed by this Bloody Mary every time they said it, then they would definitely know that she exists and it would be a much bigger thing than it is. But by po- um, tying it to a specific object so she can only be so far from her the mirror that's cursed and then tying it into there has to be someone close by who also has some secret about someone else dying uh, makes the chance of someone actually be killed during the Bloody Mary game much lower. That's good. I like that a lot. Yeah, it was a good touch. Our episode this week takes place in Toledo, Ohio. Do you guys know the significance of Toledo? I do know. I believe it's because it's where Eric Kripke is from. He's from yeah. a, a suburban, what do you call that? A suburban town outside of Toledo? A suburb. He's from a suburban area <laughs> thing outside of Toledo. There seem to be a lot more like just character names than normal. Because normally I'll type out all the character names that I hear and then try to see if there's any significance to them. And there were just a lot of name drops this episode. And then after the fact, I found out that it's because a lot of those names were of Eric Kripke's like hometown friends. So he was just trying to find ways to incorporate some of his hometown people into the episode. And that was how. If I ever made movies or television, I would definitely like doing shout outs to all my friends. It's pretty yeah. fun. But um, Gary Bryman, the... The little boy mentioned in the hit and run. He's not a hometown friend. He is a producer on multiple films that were written or directed by Eric Kripke. Bruce, on the subject of names, I would like to just kind of just pop quiz. Name characters from this episode other than Sam and Dean. Go. (laughs) Who is who? (laughs) Go. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> okay, well, I gave you one. Can you name the, the little boy that died? I just said his name. What's, like, what's you Gary? Get? Is that what you said? <laughs> Gary what? Gary what? That's good, though. <laughs> I wasn't paying that much attention. <laughs> <Aha>! <laughs> I do it, too, Bruce. I, I cannot retain names because, like, even if I'm attentively listening, it, it just rolls over. Like, I don't know. Some name I'm not going to remember. Why bother trying? <laughs> I have a hard time even with just uh, main characters sometimes in, like, <laughs> movies itself. Specifically, like, I read a lot of comic books. And it takes me a while to really remember a character but I, I don't without a, a few interactions with it. Peter, who? No, that's Spider-Man. What? Peter? <laughs> <laughs> who is that Peter they keep referencing? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's just that's definitely been a thing. I don't know if it's just not enough. It's not my brain just doesn't like it. Eh, that's not important. <laughs> we'll figure that out later. <laughs> so Bloody Mary is terrifying in this, uh, this episode, like when she finally reveals herself. Yeah, um, definitely stolen from the ring. <laughs> and Eric Kripke has said that his 
one regret about this episode is that they may have modeled her a little too closely to the girl from the ring. And that seems to be a pattern with uh, these monsters already, though. Like, in general, we have a lot of long hair, dark hair. Yeah, I, I think it's just kind of a sign of the times. Because uh, you had The Grudge right around the same time, The mm-hmm. Ring movies right around the same time, and that's just what people found scary. Kids with dark hair, pale skin, and their faces covered. I wrote... It is scary. That it almost had an old movie feel, too, though. Um, I don't know if... Again, back to this lighting, and I, I realize it's an older show, but a lot of times it feels like the lighting is very important to how they film this. It, it was like a almost, almost black and whitish when Dad was dying because of the way it was shot and it did have like an old like slasher not slasher film but like uh like an old like an old hitchcock movie yeah i get that they definitely draw from a lot of different sources for sure and their influences so at the funeral sam pulls out a piece of paper and writes down his phone number to give to charlie Mm -hmm. character name it's a girl, Bruce. <laughs> Got that. <laughs> um, so that she could contact them if she thinks of anything strange that was happening. Do you think it would be beneficial for them to have business cards? Here's my card. I was actually watching for that because I knew he was going to give her contact. And I was like, if he pulls out a business card, I will stop watching. <laughs> <laughs> but now that you mention it, though, like as crazy as that would be, that's pretty useful. <laughs> what if it was just a card that had a phone number printed on it? <laughs> That would be pretty useful. And like seeing past my initial reaction to a possible business card, it actually, Sam and Dean having business cards would make way more sense than me having business cards, you know? So like, who am I to judge? <laughs> Do you have business cards? I don't cards? have business cards. Okay. No, no, I'm just saying like, they would probably give out their phone number way more often than I ever would. Yeah. So you're right. I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I have business cards my, my job and, uh, I get these generic ones where I have they to have the line. I have to fill yeah, in my information. And it, I was like, why, why don't I just get a piece of paper and write down my number at that point? <laughs> so. And then you write down your number and like you clip it with your hand and it smudges Smudge. and then it just looks terrible. Yep. And then you're, you're embarrassed and don't even want to give it to them. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I got a lot of random thoughts that I can't connect to any of that. <laughs> what do you got? Is it well, about Dean's poker game? That was one of them. Do we think he got lucky on this one? I'm going to ask you specifically, Bruce. You've never seen this. Well, you've seen some of it, but do you think Dean is just, he just happened to get lucky at that one poker game? Or do you think he's a poker shark? Or do you think he hardly ever plays poker at all and just happened to play a game and happened to win? I can see it going either way. <laughs> um, but I don't know. My initial reaction is that he's just good at it. And that's like his thing that like mm-hmm. he is like really good at it because. I could see people like calling him out on it and him being like, Oh, I'm really good at it. Just kidding. Because he won what? $200 or something like that right there. Right. At least. Yeah. yeah. So, like he's not just like playing for fun. <laughs> like, Yeah. I think that's something that he learned from his dad. And that's just part of the way that their dad would make money on the road. It's oh, I really just like joining that. poker games yeah. to not have to do credit card scams all the time. <laughs> yeah. That's, I was going to add that. Uh, it, it definitely, makes the life of a fraudulent credit card last a bit longer if you're good at it. Um, but I really like the added detail of he might have learned from his dad. That's that's really smart because if you learn poker at, as a kid at the age of five, then 
You're going to be pretty good at poker. <laughs> so, we love the Impala. But do you know what the Impala needs? Head restraints. I noticed it from Sam's, Sam's nightmare sequence when he, uh, he jumps up from his dream of Jess. I realized, like, oh, you're just leaning your head back on that, that seat there. That's really dangerous. Like if you ever get in a car accident. Oh, there's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing there. Yeah. Well, was it a 67 Impala? Yeah. I, was say, oh, I think they're worried about safety. Simpler times. Actually, it's a 64. My wife's 64 Comet um, doesn't even have back seat uh, seat belts. There's just a seat to sit in. Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been in that. I didn't realize I didn't have seat belts. Yeah. I have a question. Why? Are the boys investigating this death? So they saw the article about the dad's death in a paper. I'm going to correct you and say that that article was in fact an obituary. Okay. Which describes their dad as dying suddenly. And uh, Is that it? Yeah. Wait, did you stop it and read the article? <laughs> I, I stopped it. I read what I could. So granted, it doesn't say more. Like, uh, there, 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 there is some cut off, but it starts with so-and-so died suddenly, blah, 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 blah. I fortunately do not have much experience with obituaries, but even if they thought the dad died mysteriously, I don't think that goes in the obituary. So like, so-and-so died suddenly. What does the rest of the obituary say? He bled out through his eyeballs and we're not sure why. (laughs) So... Um, specifically, like I'm thinking, uh, certain deaths for sure, you're talking like, um, like overdoses, things like that, that are very personal to the family. Um, they Mm -hmm. do put like, um, I can't remember the exact phrase, but it's definitely like, they died unexpectedly. They died, like they keep it very generic. So I did, I, uh, I thought the same thing. Are they either rationalizing what just happened or are they covering it up at this point? with mm-hmm. that obituary because like obviously somebody saw the bleeding eyes and that were gone so somebody's covering up whatever's going on in there maybe they just search obituaries for anything that says someone died suddenly suddenly and then <laughs> decide to investigate <laughs> it <laughs> that was gonna be where i took it this next because in this universe dean i don't remember the exact quote but he pretty much says to sam when has it ever been some crazy medical thing and it's just like <laughs> So are you telling me that like my, my grandmother had a stroke and but it was really bloody mary or just people don't die from crazy medical things anymore or what's going on here so i don't i just it i'm actually okay with that being the case of them just kind of searching through obituaries and just kind of looking but i would love to see about 10, 20 failures of like, oh no, this is really just a, a genuine stroke. <laughs> I'm sure they have it down to a system where they're making phone calls before actually going somewhere. So, All oh, right. this person died suddenly. Okay, let's make a call to investigate it real quick and then move on to the next. Also, from a guy who hasn't seen this before, um, a prediction I have is that that will happen at some point where they go and they think something's going on, but it turns out it was really nothing. And like Ooh. they're getting it over their head, and like they're investigating things that don't need investigated, and they're losing their touch. Ooh, interesting. That's fun. Okay, okay. So Sam keeps having this reoccurring dream of his girlfriend dying, 
terrifying. Every single time. Do we see more mm. of it that time? I think they might have shown more of that scene maybe in that flashback. Because wasn't she talking to him or something? So th- there's a voice. Um, oh, shoot, what does the voice say? Something you like did y this? Sam. Oh, why Sam? Yeah, why yeah. Sam? Just made it worse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now she's pleading with him. Now she's burning on the ceiling. Oh, we can jump out of order and address, like, why does Sam feel so guilty? And it's later revealed that he's holding this secret I didn't see coming. That Oh, you didn't remember? I, I'm telling you, my memory is shot. So he predicted Jessica's death in his dream. He feels really guilty about that. Why is he keeping it a secret? Even still, after this episode, he's keeping it from Dean. I mean, they talked about it, and like he, it feels like it's a guilt thing at this point. Just straight guilt. Yeah, I mean, there might be more. I didn't know that he possibly predicted whatever happened. So, I mean, we only have what they have given us so far. But that's what I'm guessing. This guy needs serious therapy. (laughs) Both of these guys do. (laughs) Their childhood traumas out the (laughs) roof. I have a theory. I don't remember if it's a theory because I subconsciously remember what actually happens or if it's just my theory because I don't remember what happens. But I think he's keeping it a secret because to him, this is like a premonition that he had which is something supernatural and to Dean supernatural means bad. Mm. It's almost like a fearful of what would happen if he revealed that too. Yeah. He's fearful of what it means for him and how Dean would take it. I think it's interesting that Jessica's story, other than the mystery of what, who did it or what did it? I think it's interesting that more is being revealed of, I thought that would just be it. Jessica died on the ceiling, and we want to know who. But now, plot-wise, there is more to it than that. There is Sam predicting it, and I think that's really interesting. It's not just a... Especially with my memory, I thought it was just she died, who did it, but there's more to it than that. Yeah, I was not ready for this. I It threw me completely off. The, the fact that he you know, has premonitions of some sort, which I assume he has more of, that's a prediction of mine as well. So then at the end of the episode, Sam sees Jess standing on a corner in a white dress. Why mm. do you guys think that she was wearing a white dress? I, I honestly have no idea. Um, one of my theories is that he's being taunted. So whatever killed her is just doing it to mess with him at this point. Or, I mean, this guy, it's like I said, therapy. Therapy is soon. <laughs> um, I need them to go now. But, I mean, he could just be having hallucinations at this point. I mean, the guy is messed up at this point, And he's having those premonitions as well. So, who knows what else is going on in his head. What do you guys think? It could mean anything. And I, I just take it as an input of like, okay, he saw Jess. That'll probably come up later. I'll wait to see what it is. I don't ever make those type of predictions. Because you assume that it's going to be revealed. Like if it was important, I assume it's going to be revealed. I trust that yeah. it will be revealed. And also I'm a simpleton, so <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I'm always thrown by uh, the boy's skill with lying, which I'm sure is practiced throughout a lifetime. But they go into this funeral and to the backyard where everyone's congregated and said, we worked with your dad. You have no idea what your dad <laughs> does. And you just automatically go with that as like, 
with no parachute of what happens if it blows up. And it's just bizarre to me. Like, it just, I could never do that. It's all about the confidence. Mm-hmm. And then you see Dean do it again towards the end of the episode when he tells the police that he is the um, antique shop owner's son. Yeah. <laughs> but he gets caught in that lie that time. Related to lying at the funeral, though, I, especially with all their experience with this type of thing, they walk into a funeral and say, I feel like we're underdressed. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> you should no, know but- that. I'm sure this isn't the first funeral you've been to. Ooh, great I don't harsh. understand. What? Too soon. No. <laughs> Just as <died. laughs> I'm not. I'm sure this isn't the first funeral funeral you've crashed. Oh, yeah. Why wouldn't you have? I almost said costume, but it's not even a costume. Just <laughs> dress nicer. I mean, they even have like the black suits from exactly. last episode. <laughs> you know, it's in the trunk somewhere. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of secrets, Sam. I don't even know if Dean does it sometimes too, but they have a bad habit of promising things to people that I've noticed. And usually it's worked out for them, but it mm-hmm. bothers me so much when specifically the, I, the girl who, um, Charlie, the Charlie who's like freaking out. Cause she, you know, can't look at any mirrors. She can't look anywhere without, you know, getting murdered. Um, he's like, yeah, you're going to be okay. You're not going to die. Like, I get it because this definitely happens with emergency workers. Like, you, you tell them they're going to be okay. You tell them you're okay. Keep them, like, calm. But at the same time, like, you don't know. You've A lot of people have died <laughs> on your watch at this point. <laughs> it's true. I mean, it's kind of the same with emergency workers, like you said, where I, I, I guess it's better than saying, we're going to do our best. You might still die, but we're going to do everything <laughs> we can. Is it just me, or do the people of Toledo have a lot of skeletons in their closet? (laughs) Right? We meet, I don't know, five adults, and three of them, at least, are somehow connected to the death of someone. I wonder if it's, like, something to do with that, like, suburban lifestyle, where it's, like, you don't talk about the things that have happened. Like, we just move on. Yeah, mom just died by taking medicine. (laughs) Nobody okay. questions it because you don't yeah. want that in your neighborhood. Repressed suburban white people. I get it. <laughs> With Bloody Mary going after Charlie, I at first was like, oh, come on. Like, how many like bad people, like you were saying? So it was good that it wasn't like fully like a full on murder or manslaughter like her friend. And it was a good demonstration of why this demon needs to go. If this demon, or not demon, I keep saying demon, uh, if this ghost, monster, whatever, was just killing murderers. It'd be like, well, we really need to let her go. <laughs> Isn't the <laughs> worst doing, thing that they're being cleaning up? Just cleaning up house around here. Um, but yeah, it was a good demonstration of like, no, that's never a good idea. And it also, after I had to watch this twice to even have this thought, but it made me think back to the dad. He may not. I'm actually gonna, for my own head cannon, I'm gonna say very likely did not kill his wife, and his wife committed suicide much similar to Charlie's situation of like, he may blame himself. He may keep it secret, but he didn't just straight up murder his wife. I think it was a similar situation. So again, a good example of why. So this episode also takes us to Fort Wayne, Indiana. After we discover that this version of bloody Mary, her name was Mary Worthington. Whenever she was alive, the boys once again, ask where a body is buried so they can try to salt and burn the bones. 
but it turns out that Mary Worthington Tomb was cremated. So that's almost every single episode that they've talked about needing to salt and burn the bones, but have been unable to. Now that you pointed out, it would be nice to have seen it successful at least once first, and then like, ah, man, we now know if he got the body, how successful they would be at uh, getting rid of this ghost. We still have no idea. Uh, (laughs) But we did find out that in this world, um, mirrors can capture spirits. So that was fun. What do you mean in this world? In the world. The world. Oh, (laughs) in life. (laughs) Right. In life. IRL. It's Bloody Mary being a real game. So I was bored and went back and uh, because as soon as I was like, oh, mirrors are a really big thing. I did did research some mirror uh, superstitions. Did you, Casey? No, let's hear what you, you found. The one thing that stuck out to me was that the seven year. So like if you break a mirror, you have seven years bad luck. I forget who it was, but they believed that the soul renewed itself every seven years. So you would have that bad luck until your soul, you know, you got a new soul or renewed itself or whatever. And it goes back. It was talking about mirrors have been around since like Egyptians. So I thought that I don't know, just in general, I was like, oh, mirrors are weirdly fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> mirrors are cool. Yeah. <laughs> and thanks to Reddit, um, I saw just, you know, some little jokey jokes about if the rest of this series would have happened the way it did if sam and dean didn't break so many mirrors in this episode (laughs) (laughs) so when they went to indiana i thought it was funny not funny i don't know how to describe it i think it's almost it's possible that it's like a you know how they have to fill a very specific time gap for the show itself so i honestly wonder if there was a little more dialogue in indiana that they cut out because they're talking about uh mary's supposed murderer and they're like is he still alive nope that's the end of that conversation. Like, just, nope. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I do wonder, like, oh, maybe there's more there. And they said, they, oh, we have too much time. We have to shorten that out a little. Because even just, even if you were just going to respond to the negative, like, just the way he said, nope. Like, oh, I don't know. Just the way he said it just made it sound so bizarre. So I do have an idea for why it was important for us to just know that he's dead and not anything else besides that. Our understanding is that, like, this is the first time that someone's been able to prove that Bloody Mary was real. And I think we're supposed to understand that that's partially tied to the fact that Mary Worthington's killer possibly recently passed away. Okay. And she is just now starting to kill other people because she can no longer get revenge on the person who killed her. So they're in the antique store, right? Is that what it is? When she finally comes out of the mirror, it felt very similar to the woman in whites. Like I, I called it glitching, like the mm-hmm. like the the blipping. And was that like that in the uh, ring? Was that I, I can't remember that. Is that how it moved? A little bit. Okay. So yeah, it was just like uh, that. It was like okay, that's a reoccurring like effect. And Dean, as they're it, it's coming towards them, Dean does the mirror to her like reflects it back to her. Do you guys think he knew that, that that was a good way to finish that? Or was that just a spur of the moment? Like, I think he just took a guess. I hope this works. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I hope this works. Uh, I'm sure the thought process was there, but it was up in the air of whether or not it would do anything. Yeah. I think it was partially, let's see what happens. And also let's get her to stop being able to see us. Okay. Kind of like block me a little bit. Like, yeah. Okay. Did you notice anything about Dean? 
during that scene? His eyes were bleeding. You know what that means. He has a secret, too. He has a secret, too. That's right. But that doesn't surprise me. With how many, like, people they've, like, how many demons and stuff they've killed, uh, like, I just assumed they both had crazy secrets, like, growing up. But now that you say that, I feel like there's something more important. (laughs) Our understanding from Sam's theory is that, I mean, anything that Dean did with Sam or his dad, it's not really a secret at that point. So there's something that Dean is even hiding from Sam and his father about whatever happened, Hmm. which doesn't seem like Dean style. Dean killed their mom. I think that's (gasps) it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And we're done. That's it. That's a, he's a killer. (laughs) So while they're at the antique store, things escalate very quickly and Dean starts assaulting police. (laughs) Yeah. Putting those hand-to-hand combat skills to good use yeah uh, so <laughs> apologies to toledo's finest but <laughs> this is where we're at now and I, I feel like every episode we escalate our how the way we confront law enforcement so let's see how long it gets until it's just straight murder. up murder <laughs> i love how it's like i'm gonna try but you know if it, if it comes down to it i'm just gonna punch them <laughs> like we'll see what yeah. happens <laughs> i did think it was funny the they were right outside the store, and Sam is smashing every mirror in sight, and they're just talking. Like, I don't know how big the store is, but I'm pretty sure they should have heard that. Yeah. That, that just really got to me. <laughs> I thought it was funny that uh, you mentioned the Dean reflecting the mirror back on the Bloody Mary, and the thought popped in my head is just the ultimate reverse card. of <laughs> like, no you. <laughs> so in episode three, I, I really felt this as well, where... It's not that it's anticlimactic. I'm okay with the way in which the, the the entity is disposed of, but it's like more or less rushed of like just the the no you and then she says a couple sentences and then she dies. Um, and there's the same in the lake where it's just like that's me you want and like ten seconds later like it's resolved and it's just like whoa that was I don't know it's just if maybe if they cut down some time in the beginning they could have more of a climax I guess or maybe. That's just me. There's definitely a slow... I mean, but at the same time, like, I imagine later down the line, we're going to get into stronger monsters. I don't want to call them monsters, but you know what I mean. And uh, I can guarantee, like, that's going to change. So this this shows you how quickly they can defeat whatever this is versus, like, when they get later on. Mm. And, like, it takes half the episode to defeat demon number five. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like I said last week, we're continuing to just see them be pretty competent whenever it comes to facing the monsters. Every single time, the first time they go up against it, they're able to fairly easily defeat it and just move on to the next challenge. You guys want to play a little... Hey! Who is that? Doing? So this is our weekly segment where we highlight some guest stars on this week's episode. So, first up, let's start with the one who's probably the most recognizable. Um... The character Jill was played by Chellen Simmons. Hey, who is that? Well, Chellen Simmons, you might recognize her from appearance on Smallville. She played a supporting character on Kyle XY, and she appeared in a few episodes of How I Met Your Mother. But you know what? Let's focus on the times that we watched her die on screen. (laughs) So first up, we have Final Destination 3. 
where she burned to death in a tanning salon when the condensation from her drink short-circuits the tanning bed, after which a plank of wood falls and jams the door shut, trapping her inside. Then we also have Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, where she burned to death after Jesse Moss starts a fire that blows up Ty Labine and Alan Tudyk's cabin. Doozy of a day. We have See No Evil 2, where she chokes to death on her own blood after having her throat crushed. We have the 2002 TV movie version of Carrie, where she was electrocuted when Carrie uses her telekinetic powers to drop the scoreboard onto the wet gym floor. We have this episode of Supernatural, where she was killed by Bloody Mary. We also have an episode of Psych, where she was electrocuted when a toaster was dropped in her bathtub. We have the television movie Ice Twisters, when she was killed when a tornado sends a railroad car crashing into her car. We have my personal favorite, the 1990 television miniseries Stephen King's It, when she was killed by the demonic clown played by Tim Curry at the beginning, the very opening scene, when she was a little kid. That is amazing. Next up, we have The Teacher, who is played by Michael Teagan. Hey, who is that? Well, you might recognize Michael Teagan from his season four and season eight appearances on Supernatural playing completely different characters. It's not a thing. <laughs> and then you have the little girl who initially killed her father by summoning Bloody Mary. The character's name was Lily Shoemaker. She was played by Genevieve Bushner. Hey, who is that? <laughs> so you might recognize Genevieve from her season 14 appearance on Supernatural playing, you guessed it, completely different character. Thanks for joining us. See you next time on Hey, Who Is That? Bruce, how's your bingo board looking? My bingo board is looking... So, Bloody Mary is not in a good <laughs> spot. It is in the uh, top left Oh, so Bloody Mary doesn't really help you at all, no. huh? So, Bruce, I am changing the end results of the game. Oh, okay. Whenever you get bingo, I will donate $50 to a Ooh. charity of your choice. If you do not get bingo by the end of the season, you have to donate to a charity of my choice. Oh, that's good. Huh? I like that. <laughs> that's better right. than the random steak in the mail. <laughs> I, I kind of like the steak, uh, the good steak and the milk steak. That's we already laid <laughs> I mean, the rules. If you rules, still want to give me the steak, I won't. <laughs> I really liked. I think it's the final conversation Dean and Sam have in the car. It might be right before they go in. I can't remember exactly when they had this conversation, but at some point, I believe Dean says to Sam, "Sometimes bad things just happen." Really liked that quote because, I mean, our whole, this whole podcast is based on figuring out why things are happening and what things are going on. But when it comes down to it, sometimes people, accidents happen, good people die. There's not always, uh, you know, a mystery behind it. And I just thought that was cool. But now that we talked a little bit, I wonder if there's a reason that he said that. So you're actually misremembering. And it was actually Sam that said it. Sam said that to, charlie to make her feel better about her ex-boyfriend killing himself dang it <laughs> but then dean tells sam that that's really good advice no i mean but your interpretation's still right where like it is it is still a really good quote and it is i think sam starting to understand that he shouldn't feel as guilty as he does about what happened yeah i do hereby give this episode a seven bloody marys out of ten I'm having trouble with these reviews because they're all so good. They, they 
They really are. And I'm also having trouble because I feel bad for repeating myself. I don't want to say, once again, this feels like it could be a movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I won't say that. <laughs> it's a good episode. It was fun that it was uh, very relatable, that we've all done Bloody Mary in some form. I had my complaints about the how quickly it was resolved, although like overall it wasn't quick, but like just the the climax of it was it just the hold up a mirror in front of her, like no you, and she melts. Like sometimes these months, the the defeat of these monsters feels a bit rushed. So, like you said earlier, Bruce, though maybe that is will be an indication later of like oh well, when it takes them more than thirty seconds uh, to defeat them then we know it's it's a real baddie. But overall, 7 out of 10 Bloody Marys. Actually, uh, I gave 8 out of 10 Bloody Marys on this one. It felt like a movie. No. Um, I'm never saying so, it again. <laughs> <laughs> I have given this praise to the previous episodes. So I'm going to give it again. The effects just in general, I, I just love the simplicity of it. I love blood running down an eye person staring at you through a mirror like things like that uh really uh, make me enjoy a show uh because it didn't take me out of it but it allowed me to still be you know scared it was fun uh there were a lot of like little jokes here and there i'm really loving dean's humor in general as i get through it and it's very subtle i love i love it because it's very subtle they're like little one-liners where you're like huh that was a joke i believe there was a bad joke in here somewhere i can't remember which one it was though the cliffhangers at the end, I think, really was what pushed it up to an eight. We had the girlfriend on the corner. We have the fact that Sam and Dean possibly have a secret um, that has been looming um, and probably will affect when we find the killer like and bad um, what goes on from there. So it, it felt like there was a little bit more driving the story forward than we've got in the past. It didn't just get wrapped up in a bow I mean, the story itself did, but there was a lot more that was left uh, to the imagination. So 8 out of 10 uh, Bloody Marys. Bruce, I'm going to have to go with the same score here. I got an 8 celery sticks out of 10. So, yes, it's a little bit formulaic to the rest of the episodes, but I think it works. And yes, Bloody Mary was very much a ripoff of some other ghost characters we've seen in movies around the same time. But again, I think it works. And... Um, I think this was an, another very entertaining episode that helps kind of just flesh out the world that we're in and slowly reveal more about Sam and Dean um, and who they are. Eight celery sticks out of ten. Bruce, kind of on your talk about the effects, um, did you guys know that the glitching movement of the way that Bloody Mary was moving is a practical effect? Practical in what way? Like uh, just pausing the camera? It's actually this technique called speed ramping where they change the frame rate of the recording as she's moving and it makes her glitch around like that. So I just thought it was really cool that yeah, it so is that's a not even effect and not some type of special that's effect that's being used. More awesome. I like that. Greg, what are we watching next week? Next week's episode is season one, episode six, Skin. Sam and Dean help Sam's old college buddy after he is accused of a murder he swears he didn't commit. So my prediction for the continuation, I was given a little bit in this. Um, the story is definitely going to continue to focus on uh, Sam's predictions that he has, like his his secret dreams that he uh, was revealed. So like I said earlier, I like that. his secret dreams. Secret dreams. That sounds uh, sensual. I think 
that's going to be used more than just, oh, we're going to see my girlfriend die. I think he's going to see, you know, his father, something happening to his father. And down the line, I could see this being a thing. It might wrap up at the end of the season. I could see that happening because I don't see him having this power for that long. It could get stale pretty quickly. Um, so I'm going to say by the end of the season, this power or whatever is resolved, but it's going to be important to finding and defeating the killer. Like I said, uh, with the girlfriend standing on the corner, I think the demon or whatever that had killed her is just messing with him at this point. Um, he's just it's he's putting that out there to uh, psych him down or come after him in the future for sure. I. I know I said earlier that we're going to find the girlfriend's killer halfway through, but I keep leaning to that dad's going to be in the mid season. And so I'm going to, I'm going to switch it. Uh, we're going to find dad by uh, episode 11 and uh, defeat the killer by the season finale. Cause I could see him showing up episode 20 or so. How long do you think Sam is going to keep his secret dreams? a secret uh, from Dean? Either mid season or right beforehand. So 10 or nine. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at naturalfriendspodcast. Thank you to our fans for your continuous support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a review and subscribe. Thank you for joining us. We are Natural 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 Friends. friends. Did we lose support from our wives? I'm just Casey, curious. Casey cut it out. Uh, I don't think I it didn't. was in the first one. I think. It wasn't in the first oh, one. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs>